And welcome, friends, to Generations. This is Kevin Swanson, as well as Steve Vaughn, with me on this edition, reminding us all that God is sovereign and God's will is working out throughout all of history. Nothing takes him by surprise, and he uses even the negative evil of the world to bring about his good. That is, he is able to work all things out for good for himself, for his glory, but also for those who love him. And that's Romans 8.28. So let's remember that as we get into this edition of the program, always remembering that God is sovereign over all things. In fact, Luke 17, verse 1, Jesus said to his disciples, it is impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him through whom they do come. So what does that mean? That means, well, it's most certain that negative circumstances will play out in in sinful world that is under the judgment of God. It says it's impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him through whom they do come, which means that those wicked hands that bring about the offenses will be responsible, morally responsible for the offenses that they bring to pass. And then verse two, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned into the sea. Matthew 24, verse six also reminds us, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And I understand that this may very well apply to AD 70, but take application now as well. Verse 12, because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Sounds a bit like what we're going through right now, but (laughs) he who endures to the end shall be saved, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. And Steve, I realize there are those who believe that this applies wholly to AD 70, and they can take that application, but also I think we can take an application legitimately for our present day, the love of many growing cold, two-thirds of babies slaughtered in this country by abortion and abortifacients. But he who endures to the end shall be saved, and this gospel of the kingdom must be preached to the uttermost ends of the earth, to the all the nations, and that still applies. I, you know, I, I don't think we're exempted from the responsibility uh, that Jesus laid out for us in Matthew twenty-four. Yeah, the Bible says also God is the same today, yesterday, and forever. And so I would think that if God is the same, he would tend to act the same way towards the same types of sin, towards the same types of circumstances. Though, I mean, he's not bound by that, but if God hated sin in you know the old covenant as well as the new he hates sin today and so we and if we were to rely upon him in the old covenant we rely upon him today even more so in the new covenant so he's the same and 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 the patterns play themselves out over and over again yes 8070 yes wars and rumors of wars prophesied by Jesus in 8033 guess what it's still going on well we live in a sinful world we haven't achieved perfect peace. There's no perfect reign of peace and righteousness on planet Earth at this point in time. And that's why the heads up on what's happening with the ongoing uh, number two nuclear arms race around the world is, I think, important for God's people to be aware of. I brought this update to our listening audience through the Worldview in Five Minutes uh, this last Tuesday. Iran has achieved what America had in Los Alamos in July of 1945, one of the most significant times in all of human history, playing itself out again in Iran in 2023. So what is this approximately 75 years later? According to the most recent report from the IAEA.org, 
Iran has finally achieved sufficient uranium to make two nuclear bombs about the size dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And that, according to uh, my research, I downloaded the entire PDF and read the report from IEAE.org. And sure enough, they've got enough uh, 60% plus uranium for two nuclear bombs about the size dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Significant, Steve, that Iran has finally achieved this somewhat of a rogue state, not exactly sharing the same worldview as that of the Western nations (laughs) and not exactly getting along very well with them. Yeah. And and as you know, we dropped the bombs for the sake of defense. I think they would be more likely to do something in the offensive sense to begin a war, not to end a war. And, uh, and so that I don't think Iran is somebody to be trusted. Well, they've got their agenda. Yeah, they've got their agenda. I mean, just be aware of that. They've got a worldview and they've got an agenda and they've got objectives that they need to accomplish in geopolitical settings of the modern age. So just keep that in mind. Two nuclear bombs capable at this point. Where will they be in five years from now? I don't know. Susan Thornton, who is the former U.S. Assistant Secretary of State for East Asia, she writes for the Japan Times and calls the Southeast Asia right now a nuclear tinderbox, quote unquote. She wrote a full scale arms race is underway. North Korea's stockpile of nuclear weapons and missiles has grown and Kim has called for an exponential increase in the arsenal, quote unquote, japantimes.com as of November 15th, 2023. The CFR estimates the North Korea has enough material for about 100 nuclear weapons successfully tested missiles that could strike the United States with a nuclear warhead and the country touts the world's fourth largest military, just F Y I. These are gigantic weapons in the hands of people who feel the right to bring judgment down upon the world. They just, you know, they, they have their agenda. They have a sense of moral, righteous indignation against other nations around the world and they are thinking that it might be appropriate to bring something of a fiery judgment upon the world and this is actually very similar to the worldview of Oppenheimer and we want to touch on that next on Generations let's take a break Steve be back in just a moment on the worldview of those who developed the nuclear bomb in 1945 be back in just a moment Hello, my friends. For the last 15 years, the Generations team has produced a Christian curriculum specifically for families who want to give their children a God-centered, Bible-saturated, biblical worldview-based education. Our commitment is to restore the Christian faith, generational faith in an age where we are losing faith in this country and almost anywhere around the world where Christian children attend secular schools or use secular curriculum and imbibe secular culture. Now, we're not relying on the pre-Christian Greeks for an educational model here. We're not relying on the post-Christian secularist for the education model either. Our curriculum is based in a biblical worldview. We put hundreds of Bible verses in the history books and integrate the truths into the subjects. We want to glorify God on every page of the science books. We immediately integrate knowledge into life application and natural revelation with special revelation. We keep Christ at the very center of the history books with preparing the world for Jesus and taking the world for Jesus. I believe God is calling this generation 
in this highly secularized age to a radical change in how they disciple their children. Please check out our program for education of your children and grandchildren at www.generations.org. And we are back on Generations with Steve on. And Steve, as we've said many times on this program, ideas have consequences. What does that mean? That means, well, worldviews are important. The worldviews of certain people will issue in certain, well, manifestations, cultural manifestations, certain actions, certain political agendas, etc. Worldviews are important. And the worldviews of those who open Pandora's box into the modern age of weapons of mass destruction that could potentially wipe out a third to one half of the world's population dwelling in urban areas. Well, I think that's probably worth talking about. You know, I mean, yeah. a, a discussion. Let's let's give 12 minutes to it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so now yeah. a recent movie Oppenheimer came out. And we've referred to this already. Now you can catch the movie quotes and reviews if you'd like online. There they are. Uh, I wouldn't recommend you watch the movie without some heavy filtering, uh, only because there's some violations of the various commandments uh, without any real correction. And so, but but effectively, you get, I think, the worldviews of the men who developed these weapons of mass destruction to bring about massive destruction. That is, there has been development in scientific fields going all the way back to, well, Maxwell and his unified field theory that came out in the mid-1800s that influenced Albert Einstein and others. So we had some decent theoretical science, but then the theoretical science works its way out into certain technological applications that are self-destructive to mankind on planet Earth. And this is, of course, our concern. And, uh, well... As we consider the worldview behind Los Alamos, we have some of the key figures that without which would not have completed the nuclear bomb that was developed by 1945 and dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Uh, Leo Gilard was one of the five key figures, and I'm just going to go over these five key figures, these five key scientists that uh, that developed this technology and without which we would not have the technology. These were the key players in developing this over a period of about five to six years. Now, of course, the theory and some of the basic science, the nuclear science, the atomic science had been worked on for 20 to 30 years prior, but then to develop it into a weapon of mass destruction took at least five key scientists. Leo Gilard was a Hungarian Jew who turned agnostic, shacked up with his girlfriend in Denver. He conceived the nuclear chain reaction in 1933, patented the idea in 1936. Then Edward Teller, also, by the way, Jewish origins, but became agnostic, later saying religion was not an issue in my family. Isidore Roby. Also, Jewish background was tempted to the same apostasy in the same naturalistic, materialistic, atheistic world in which these other scientists operated. He was raised in a two-room flat occupied by four members of his family, plus two boarders. Quote, unquote, hardly a sentence was spoken that did not refer to God in some fashion. As a youngster, 
He subjected his religious teachings to small experimental tests only to discover that what he was taught to expect did not actually occur. So when he discovered a library book that explained the design of Copernican system of planetary motion, Robbie's ready response was, who needs God? So he never practiced religion after that. My early upbringing, he said, so struck by God, the maker of the world, has somewhat stayed with me. He said that later, but uh, effectively abandoning uh, that perspective and, and, and no longer practicing his theistic religion. And that, that is God, not a factor. Why? Because pulled into the naturalistic, materialistic understanding of the world, that the world functions according to certain uh, scientific laws, cause and effect, action, reaction, that uh, has nothing to do with the hand of God. All right, so that's the worldview that is taking over in these men's minds as they're leaving their homes that were very much rooted in some notion of God, at least in the case of Robbie. Niels Bohr also, very interesting fella. Niels Bohr was baptized a Lutheran. However, his mother came from a wealthy, influential Jewish family. Again, before marriage, he resigned from the Lutheran church. Consequently, he was widely considered an atheist, once wrote about the difference between science and religion, mentioning the idea of a personal God, quote-unquote, is foreign to me. All right, so again, these are the apostates that are turning away from a theistic worldview. Do you see the pattern working out here? Let me mention one more, Richard Feynman. Feynman's parents, again, both uh, Jewish families. His family went to synagogue every Friday. However, by his youth, Feynman described himself as an avowed atheist. All right, these are the scientists that show up in Los Alamos in 1941-1942 to bring about the weapon of mass destruction that would uh, introduce the world uh, to the potential of destroying much of itself. Then, of course, Oppenheimer. Well, the worldview of Oppenheimer, uh, we, uh, we included that in uh, our section on worldviews behind the atomic bomb in American God's Providence and uh, Oppenheimer also comes from a Jewish background. This was interesting. Again, turning agnostic. His life was filled with adultery and sordid affairs, and that's why you'd want to be cautious around any biography or uh, film about the man's life. It's also interesting that Karl Marx uh, was a Jew who embraced a full-bore materialism and atheism, or comes from a Jewish background anyway. His maternal grandfather was a Dutch rabbi. But also Engels, you think Marx works with Engels. Engels, a lapsed Protestant. Meantime, Marx embraced the power of destruction, called himself Apollyon, and embraced the title, the destroyer, uh, for himself. All right, so these are the worldviews. Now, of course, I deal with Karl Marx at length in my book, Apostate, the Men Who Destroyed the Christian West. And the point, of course, being that these are the powerful Nephilim of the modern age, much like what you find in the pre-flood world, the pre-Diluvian world. Uh, in which the Nephilim become these extremely violent men who bring about great destruction upon the world. And they are largely those who have been syncretized or synthesized into a pagan worldview and bring about uh, tremendous destruction upon the world. And this is the point I make in my book, Apostate, the Men Who Destroyed the Christian West. But in this case, what we are looking at, Steve, is apostate scientists not so much philosophers, but scientists who assume the power of destruction upon themselves. And I think probably the most important insight into Oppenheimer's worldview 
And he, of course, was selected as the director for the entire project. So he's he's the top dog. Robert Robert Oppenheimer is the top dog for the development of the nuclear bomb in Los Alamos in the 1940s. But the most important insight into his worldview, I believe, is that he saw his role as to bringing death and judgment upon the world. Now, of course, what we would say, Steve, is that that's not his role. That's God's role. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. if, if, if I was to tell you. You know, I am the destroyer, as, as Mark said, and Oppenheimer said, and I am I, I am going to bring judgment down upon the entire world. You would probably say, <clears throat> excuse me very much. That's not your job. Yeah, that that would uh, and maybe even a few more words. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you might develop on the point a bit, uh, yes. but there's an actual quote from Oppenheimer, which is used, by the way, in the movie. You can find it in the movie quotes, but this is the full statement from Oppenheimer. Uh, that you can find online and very memorable to this day because he was somewhat influenced by the Hindu Bhagavad Gita. He said, I remember the line from the Hindu scripture, the Bhagavad Gita, that Vishnu, the god of the Hindus, is trying to persuade the prince that he should do his duty and to impress him takes on a multi-armed form and says, now I am become death, the destroyer of worlds. Now, this is, this is what Oppenheimer says. I suppose we all thought that in one way or another. Now, you need to understand, friends, that the Hindu false god Vishnu is the god of violence and judgment. Now, he, he is the god of violence and judgment without an absolute transcendent law. So, remember, there can be no absolute transcendent law in a religion of many gods. And so he is one of many gods. His counterpart is Shiva. And the Shiva is the kinder and gentler God. Remember how George Bush presented himself as the kinder and gentler of the socialists. Well, that's kind of who Shiva yes. does. So that's what Shiva does. Is the Hindu version of the philosophy of the dialectic, the Hegelian dialectic and ultimate relativism where there's no God, no absolute, no creator. So that's that's the whole point is that it's just, there's something impressive about the Vishnu God that brings this violence and judgment down upon the world. Now, Oppenheimer is excusing his destruction of the worlds in some respects. He's almost turning himself into a demigod by quoting his false god uh, named uh, Vishnu. So when asked about the warning given by Einstein that they might destroy the world, Oppenheimer responded, I believe we did, or I believe we already did destroy the world by bringing, by introducing a nuclear bomb, the nuclear bomb technology to the entire world. And there was a sense in which I think the man felt the guilt. There's no way that a man created in the image of God and with something of a conscience cannot sense some guilt or some conviction of, of sin, some sense that perhaps he did the wrong thing. And so he does the best, of course, to reject the idea that God has established an absolute right and wrong. And that, that's the point here is that God has a right to bring judgment down upon the world because we have violated his law and his law is an absolute ethic. So man today believes that points he needs to destroy himself because of littering, you know, or something like that, right? Certain Certain leftists really do have something of a commitment to see, I don't know, some form of judgment coming down upon the world 
because there's just too much littering, too many plastic bags in the ocean waters, you know, something like that. Right. So that becomes the, 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 the sin of the world. That's, that's the definition of sin in the mind of the leftist. But as it turns out, that, that's not the definition of sin. The definition of sin is found in the law of God, only because an absolute transcendent God has established his law and we have disobeyed his law. So, so man doesn't need to be destroyed because he litters. Man needs to be destroyed because of sexual sin, adultery, abortion, the killing of innocent uh, little babies that are created in the image of God. In other words, man is always deflecting the reason for the judgment. He's always refusing God the right to determine absolutely the standards of right and wrong. And uh, Oppenheimer, he reserves the right to destroy the world himself, but he won't allow God to destroy the world. And that's the point, I think, to be made in uh, this discussion in relation to Oppenheimer's uh, worldview. There's much more to say about Oppenheimer's worldview and the worldview of those that were raised in somewhat theistic homes, but in general, I would say almost without exception from what I could see, Steve, in all of the biographies online concerning the key figures that came together in Los Alamos to put together the most destructive weapon that man has ever known, they were apostates. They were men who had turned away from a theistic worldview to a naturalistic, materialistic, agnostic, slash atheistic worldview and became the most dangerous men who ever lived. That's pretty amazing, that whole background on all of that. It would make you wonder what would have happened. You know, would, would, a, would a dedicated Christian scientist develop a weapon of mass destruction such as this, or would they back off and say that we should not do this? Um, you know, so that, that, I know we can't go back in history and ask that question, but it's uh, – it would be kind of an interesting question to figure out. Yeah, and of course, I take the position that God's law in Deuteronomy chapter 20 absolutely forbids the the producing of weaponry that would destroy the fruit trees and destroy all human life in human cities, including women and children. That's just not appropriate according to the biblical standards of warfare. The violation of God's law, of course— Modern man doesn't care about God's law. He's quite okay with transgenderism, which is considered an abomination in the book of Deuteronomy. He 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 wants to you know continue on in practices of incest and bestiality, uh, which again is a sin against God, as defined by God's law in the Old Testament. It's, he also wants to make weapons of mass destruction, which is a violation of God's law, as relating to the war, laws of warfare contained in the Old Testament. Uh, so, so you know, modern man is breaking God's law at every single point, and he's at the point now where at least some uh, some leaders, I think, would be okay with dropping bombs, much like what happened in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Uh, why? Because they are acting autonomously to God. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. There's no limits to the evil that men can do. I mean, just believe this, my friends. Believe what God's word says about the nature of man. And increasingly, we're seeing uh, less and less of a balance of powers and a rise of dictatorial powers in certain countries around the world. And that itself will lead to uh, some very irresponsible and wicked things to, to come about, uh, probably within the next generation or so. 
but here's the bottom line. The bottom line is Oppenheimer reserves himself the right to destroy the world. He's not going to allow God to bring his judgment down upon the world. But the irony of it all is that God might just use some man like Oppenheimer to bring judgment down upon himself. And I'm afraid that these guys just didn't take that factor into account. As Jesus said, it's impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him through whom they do come. God is sovereign, but God will hold men responsible for the things they do. Well, that wraps up this edition of the Generations Broadcast, friends. This is Kevin Swanson, encouraging you to some of our, our recent materials, American God's Providence, a brand new edition, two-volume series just out. We have extensive coverage of Oppenheimer and the development of weapons of mass destruction in the 20th century. As well, uh, you can also take a look at Epoch, the Rise and Fall of the West to better understand the trends of where we are, where we're headed in the Western world and throughout the world. That's why we put these books together. Uh, You can uh, grab them at uh, generations.org. This is Kevin Swanson inviting you back again next time as we continue to lay down a vision for the next generation.